How many of you can say, by faith I was saved? I know I was. But you know, faith is something that grows. I look at faith like a muscle. It's like a muscle that either grows and gets stronger or it atrophies and gets weaker and doesn't do you much good. But here's the deal. It needs to be growing because we walk by faith and not by the sight of our eyes. We walk by what the Bible says, what the Word says, what the Spirit says to us, not by what we see with our eyes. And that's the lifestyle of the child of God. We walk by faith. Now, today, since last weekend was Resurrection Weekend, we had a great, great time, loved it, almost had 3,000 people in church. Isn't that amazing? So, uh, but, but I, I couldn't get away from the whole uh, idea and message of resurrection, and I've always loved the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and when Lazarus died and was raised from the dead. Because Jesus was showing us in that story that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And he brings dead things back to life. Amen? So today I want to talk to you, and I'm going to take a couple of weeks to deal with this story because there's really three things in it that are distinct. And I may just take three weeks on it because it it happens in three stages. And I want to talk to you about the first stage today. I want to read to you out of John 11, verse 17. And here's just the story. Uh, Jesus has received messengers sent by Mary and Martha telling him that their brother was sick. And would he please quickly come and pray for him and heal him before it gets any worse? Now, Jesus didn't do what they expected. Jesus didn't do what they asked. Jesus did something totally different. He waited. He hung around. He waited till it got way worse. He waited till he died. Now, when he finally got there, Mary and Martha were not feeling a whole lot of love because he had waited four days, and Lazarus now was dead. Their problem was as bad as it could get. Lazarus was dead. So here's the story. Jesus arrived in Bethany and found that Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to see Martha and Mary. They came to comfort them about their brother Lazarus. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to greet him. But Mary stayed home. And Martha said to Jesus, now, can I just drop uh, the halo over Martha's head for a minute and let you know that she is not welcoming Jesus with a great big hug. She is, she is... She is upset with him. So let's just preach it like it's told. She said, Lord, if you'd been here, now that's the way I think she said it. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, see, she changed her tune real quick. She let him have it. Then she says, oh, but but I know that even now God will give you everything you ask. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again, or rise and be alive again. Martha answered, well, I know that he'll rise to live again at the time of the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Everyone who believes in me will have life even if they die. Amen? 
Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the power of your word. And I pray that you will wake us up. I pray that you will stir us with the truth of this story. And Lord, you will help us to to grab hold of the kind of faith we really need in everyday life. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today and building our faith. Can you just breathe a prayer, church, and say, Lord, build my faith. Strengthen my faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith comes by hearing God's word. Just preach a little bit. Tell them that. Now, I love this story. I love the word of God. How many of you love the word of God today? You just love the word of God. Isn't his word wonderful? Now, um, in this account that we just read, there's really three kinds of faith that are manifested. Three kinds of faith that are presented. And, and, And Martha has two of the three. Yesterday faith. Someday faith, and today faith. Now, Martha had yesterday, watch what she said, if you had been here, everybody say, that's past tense, that's yesterday. If you had been here, if you had just been here and done what I asked, we wouldn't have this problem now. So notice, everybody say yesterday faith. She had faith if something would have happened differently yesterday. If he had done this yesterday, if he had just moved yesterday, if he had not let things get so bad, if he had if he had answered my prayer yesterday, if he had guided me yesterday, if he had kept me from that situation yesterday, but now we're in real trouble. So she had yesterday faith. But then she had someday faith. Oh, I know that he will rise again at the last day. I know that he will. So she had faith for yesterday. She had faith for someday. But notice what she didn't have. She didn't have faith for today. Amen? Because the problem was in the tomb. And as far as she was concerned, Jesus was a day late and a dollar short. And since he didn't do what what she wanted him to do yesterday, then today there's no hope for today. And oh yeah, someday he's going to do something, but, but see, Jesus was looking for something else. He wasn't looking for if you had been or I know that you will. He was looking for today faith, now faith. The Bible says now faith is. Faith is now. I want you to say with me, faith is good for now. If faith doesn't work now, today, in our now, what good is faith? Amen? So Jesus was looking for now faith, today faith, the faith that believes that even though things had not gone down like Martha and Mary had hoped, Jesus could still do something today. See, Jesus can move in your life today. Jesus wants to do something in your life now. Faith is now. Jesus is a now Savior. He's not just yesterday. He's not just someday. He's now. He's today. He moves today in our now needs. Come on, everybody. Now, after expressing her disappointment that Jesus had not shown up when she thought he should and done what she thought he would, Jesus says, Martha, let me tell you the way things really are. He said, I am. Now, I love those two words, I am. I am. Now, I am is a present tense. It means I am here, Martha, right now. 
uh, uh, yeah, I could have come four days ago and done what you wanted, but nevertheless, I am here in your situation right now. I'm here right now. I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Those two words are so key, I am, because you see, he always am. Now, that's bad English, but let me just talk to you a little bit about the way God operates. God doesn't dwell in time. God is not back there, and he's not out there. He's everywhere at once. He's in the past, present, and future all at once. He always am. And when you've got a need, he am. It's not he could have been. It's not he will be, but he am. He am. He am. He's right there right now in, in your need. He's saying, I'm, I, I'm not only the one who could have done something, and I'm not just the one who will do something, but Martha, I am right now here for your need, and because I am, you're about to see the glory of God. He told her later, a few verses later, he said, have I not told you that if you would believe now, you will see today the glory of God? Did I not tell you, Martha, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God right now? Not yesterday, not someday, but today, right now. How many of you need the Lord doing something in your life right now? Right now. I'm a now savior, he's telling her. Uh, uh, today, answer to your problems. Now, the, the first thing that I see that jumps out at me, and the Holy Spirit really ministered to me out of this story, is, is this. That Martha's problem was her faith was inflexible. Her faith was inflexible. Notice, her faith was locked into only one possible outcome. I'm going to send messengers to Jesus. They're going to tell him, hey, you're the one you love, the, the, your, your friend, your buddy, Lazarus, is sick. And in her mind, Jesus would put down everything and make a beeline for Lazarus, lay hands on him, heal him of his sickness, and prevent something worse. That's what was in her mind. That was her expectation. And it made her faith inflexible because she wasn't open to anything else. And when Jesus didn't do what she thought he would and what she thought he could and what she thought he should, her faith hit a wall. And she went into a faith crisis. You ever had a faith crisis when what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen and something else happens and sometimes even the opposite happens and, and, boy, your faith goes into crisis mode. What's up with this? I prayed for this and now there's that. I prayed for something to happen over here, and now it's happening over there. This is not what I had in my mind. This is not line up with my expectation. But folks, sometimes, listen, our God is a great big God, and he does things the way he wants. And sometimes the way he answers a prayer is not the way we thought he should and would and could, but it's better than we thought he would and should and could. And you've got to flex with God. Martha had a fixed picture in her mind of exactly what Jesus would do and when he would do it. And, you know, I believe that every time we pray, we've got something like that in our head. Okay, I have prayed for a job. 
So what I'm picturing is I'm going to walk into some door, into some situation, and they're going to welcome me like this and like that, and they're going to pay me this and they're going to pay me that, and it's going to fit into my schedule, and then God opens up a door that doesn't line up with any of those expectations, and so we say, well, God didn't hear me. But what we don't realize is the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. And though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, but the Lord will uphold him with his hand. And sometimes God leads us this way instead of us wanting to go that way because he knows this way is going to be far better than that way. Come on, everyone. So what Jesus had in mind was nothing what Martha had in mind. He, it was his plan, his, his what, the what of what he was going to do, his what was not to heal Lazarus, but it was to raise him from the dead. And the when of his plan was not to come immediately. It was to hang around four days and come what they considered to be a day late and a dollar short. Have you ever felt like God showed up way too late? How many of you ever realized your, your, your calendar and his are two different things? And now notice, see, Martha said he's going to come immediately, but he came four days in her brain late. To Mary and Martha, he was late. But to Jesus, he was right on time because he knew what he was going to do. So what looked to them like Jesus not caring, like some of you have thought to yourself, you know, I prayed for this, and why did he let this happen to me and that happen to me, and does he really care about me? Oh, he cares more than you can ever know. But see, sometimes he is setting us up to build our faith on a level that if he'd done it our way, we would have never experienced. He's going to do it his way because he is all about shaping us into his image. Amen. So what he really intended to do was take their faith to a whole new level. Jesus had already told his disciples when the messengers came to tell him about Lazarus, they, they walked away and Jesus said, hang on, we're not leaving yet. And he said, he said to them a few days later, he said, Lazarus is dead. He knew he was dead before he ever got there. He didn't discover Lazarus was dead when he got there. He already knew that he was dead because he was God and he knew all things. And he told his disciples, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Can I say that again? I'm glad for your sakes I was not there to heal him from his sickness. Well, what's that about? Well, here's why, that you may believe, really believe, that you may know who it is you're really walking with. Because I'm not just going to heal him. You've seen me heal people a thousand times. I'm going to call him out of the tomb. I'm going to call him out of the dead. The dead man is going to get up again and walk out into the sunshine covered in grave wrappings. I'm going to do something exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ever ask for or even think of because I'm going to build your faith. Amen. So Martha's plan was a good one, but it wasn't the best one. Amen. So the first lesson we learned from this story is don't lock Jesus into a, a box of your own expectations. Now, 
I, I believe in expectations. I, I have, every day I wake up with expectations. If you walk by faith, you've got expectations. I believe God's going to do this. I'm asking him to do that. I've got a vision for my life. He's in charge of my life. I, I, I believe that good things are coming. I, how many of you wake up with expectations? Amen? I think we ought to walk around pregnant with expectations. I am pregnant with vision, pregnant with expectations, pregnant over what I believe God is going to do. But sometimes those expectations can be inflexible. And when they're inflexible, they don't allow for God to do things differently than what we're expecting. Y'all are quiet today. Listen to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. I love this. He said, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. In other words, sometimes, folks, in our lives, we got a plan and God's got a plan. And the plan we would work out is not the plan he would work out. He's got another plan. He's got a higher plan because he says, neither are my thoughts the same as yours. I don't think like you, says God. I don't think like you. You're on this level, but I'm on a level infinitely higher. My thoughts are way, way above your thoughts. And just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than yours. And so, therefore, many times what you would work out, what you would plan, uh, your idea of the direction of your life is not what he would work out. Everybody say, he's boss and I'm not. You know, that's one of the first lessons you learn when you're saved. He's boss and I'm not. Uh, uh, He's the one in charge and I'm not. He owns me. He has bought me. I am bought with a price, therefore I'm to glorify God in my body. Uh, He's the Lord. And so he can direct me any way that he wants. And how many of you can say, I had a good plan, Jeff, but God blew that plan up and he worked out something else. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever had God just wreck your plans for his glory? Sometimes God will come in with a wrecking crew and wreck your plans for his glory. And so the prophet Isaiah says, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. What I'm doing in your life is not what you would work out. The things that I see for you are higher and wider and deeper and stronger than anything you would ever work out. Picture Jesus walking along the seashore. He calls John. He calls Peter. He calls James. And he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. Now, what was their plan for their life? Fishing till the day they died. Just fishing till the day they died. Fishing till they couldn't throw that net over the boat one more time. But what was Jesus' plan? Jesus' plan was to make them become something they would never have been apart from him. Follow me, and I'm going to make you become. See, he's all about becoming. He's all about making us something into something that we would never do on our own. How many of you can say today, Jeff, I'm not what I used to, I'm not what I am going to be, but I'm sure not what I used to be. And what happened to you? By grace, you were saved, and he began a work in you. He, the, he is doing a good work in you, and he's going to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And what's he up to? He's working out his divine plan to make us into the image of Jesus Christ. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to shape us. He's going to mold us. He's going to make us to become. See, what I like about Jesus is we look at people and say, this is what you are. 
But Jesus looks at people and says, this is what you will be. Amen? We look at people and say, well, that's what they are. They're this and they're that. And that's kind of what, what you see is what you get. That's what they are. But Jesus sizes you up and Jesus looks at you and me and he says, no, I see the divine potential that my father has built into you and I see what you're going to become. I see not just what you are, but I see what you will be. So he looks at Peter and he says, Simon, you're unstable as water, but I'm going to make you like a rock and you're going to be a strength to my church and you're going to catch men for the kingdom of God. Simon, I'm going to make you to be what you could never have been on your own. Come on, everybody. This is the work of God in our life. When I got saved, I just thought, well, I love Jesus, and, and uh, you know, I, he's really touched me. I'm so thankful for the touch of God in my life. And, boy, I was so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit and the power of his love. And I was thinking, I'll just find something to do, and I'll just love Jesus the rest of my life and, and, and sing, sit around singing Kumbaya, and he is Lord, and live a godly life until the day that I die. But listen, God said, this plan of mine is not what you would work out, Jeff. I've got a plan for you. And he began to stir me, and he began to put a fire in my heart. And after a period of time, I began to realize, of all people, I was called to preach. No, you've got to be kidding me. I had no high school. I had horrible stage fright. The very thought of standing in front of people like this, like I'm doing right now, would have given me an anxiety fit. I wouldn't have been able to eat. I would have fasted by necessity, not by being spiritual. Because it terrified me to get up in front of people I could not have. If you had lined up 100 people and said, pick the ones that you think will be saved and called to ministry, uh, you would have picked me last. And everybody that knew me would have picked me last. There's people still in my life that are in shock that I'm in ministry. But see, what God does is God reaches down and he grabs the most unlikely He grabs the ones that nobody else would grab. He raises up what is not to bring to naught what is. He he surprises us all the time by what he does in the lives of people. Folks, we are not just Christian. We are his, and we are in the hands of a God who has made up his mind to work out his plan in our lives, no matter what the devil does, no matter what people do. You're going to come out on the other side of any trial you're in, and he's going to shape you and make you into the image of Jesus. Come on, everybody. Say with me, his way is always better. So I've learned a brand new beatitude that is all mine, and it's this, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be disappointed. Amen. I want you to say that with me, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be disappointed. See, you got to flex and move with a God who is alive. We walk by faith, and faith includes trusting him with the how, the what, and the when of our lives. The how, the what, and the when. Faith requires we trust him with that. Think about Abraham. I love the story of Abraham. Father of our faith, called by God to leave his hometown, Ur of the Chaldees, and he walked away with nothing more than a word from God to leave, leave. He had one word from God, leave. Listen to me, Abraham didn't have a Bible. He didn't have spiritual counselors. He didn't have a church. He had no word to go into and say, well, let me see if this is in the word of God. He had none of that. 
All he had was one word from God. God somehow communicated to our, the father of our faith, Abraham. Somehow God got to him and said, leave. I want you to leave your hometown. I want you to walk away. I want you to get your wife, and I want you to get your belongings, and I want you to leave your hometown, and I want you just to start walking. And that's all that God told him. Just start walking. The Bible says he went out not knowing where he was going. How would you like to go on a trip not knowing where you're going? He had no idea of how God was going to work out the what and the when and the how of his future. But he trusted God, a today God, a now God, to guide him today and, to, and now. And unlike Martha, he wasn't locked into any set of expectations of how God was going to bring out his plan and bring it to pass. If you had walked up to Abraham as he left Ur of the Chaldees and said, Hey, uh, Abraham, where are you going? He just said, I don't know. And if you had then said to him, well, Abraham, how long are you going to be traveling? He just said, I don't know. Well, Abraham, when are you going to get to wherever it is you're going to that you don't know you're going to? And he would have said, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I know him. And since I know him, the other don't knows, that's okay because he's in charge of my life. So, no, I don't know, but I do know him. See, Abraham's faith was in a now God, a today God. His, his faith said, he's going to take care of me today. He's going to guide me today. He's going to feed me today. He's going to get me where I need to be on time. But right now, I trust him to work out his plan today. He's a today God. Everybody say today. Not just yesterday, if you'd only done it differently back then. Not someday, today. He's a today God. And you know what I see in the Bible? Sometimes our expectations can be so fixed on one thing, one scenario, one way that God can bring his plan to pass that we can actually miss his answer. We know from Scripture that the Jewish people of Jesus' day were looking for a Messiah who would rule the world who would conquer Rome and drive Rome out and give Jerusalem back to them, a Messiah that would stop all wars and bring peace to the earth. He would rule with a scepter of iron. They were looking for that Messiah. But the Bible pre predicted two Messiahs or, or two, two different manifestations of the same Messiah. One, a political world ruler who is yet to come, and the other, the sacrificed lamb who would suffer, who would give his life for us, who would be beaten and bruised and hung on a tree for our sins. Those two messiahs, they were so fixed that God had to bring the, the first one, the, the political ruler, that they missed their messiah when he was looking them in the eye because their expectations were inflexible. So we must be very careful to not say, if only you had, Lord, if only you had done something different back there. Now, some people I know live here. They, they live here. They live looking through the rearview mirror. They look back. They're, they're driving their life. They're trying to go forward, but they're looking back. I wrote a book on that. The windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. The windshield of God's vision for you is bigger than the rearview mirror of your past. See, your past is past because it's past. 
But some people are always looking back. If only you had this, Lord. If only you had blocked this or done this or done what I thought you were going to do. But now since that did not happen, I'm ruined for now. But no, the whole message of this story is he am. He is here right now in your now to do something now. He's not hung up on the past. He says, look, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And if you believe, you will see the glory of God now. Now, then Martha also had someday faith, and I'm going to talk about that, and we'll close. She had someday faith, not just yesterday faith. Oh, he would have come through like a star if he had shown up yesterday. But someday, she said, I know that he will rise to live again. He will. At the time of the resurrection of the last day, she knew all about the resurrection that is yet to come. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, he will rise on on that day. Now, here, the resurrection is staring her in the eye. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, on the resurrection of the last day. So Jesus said, you don't get it, Martha. When the resurrection happens at the last day, it's going to be me doing the resurrecting. And, And I'm looking at you right now. I'm here right now. I am the resurrection and the life right now. Right now. How many of you believe and need need God to do something now? Now. See, Martha teaches us, don't limit God to yesterday and don't limit God to someday. Now watch this. It was this attitude of someday. Oh, yeah, I know on the resurrection you're going you're gonna to raise Lazarus up. It's going to happen at the resurrection. But I want you to notice it was this attitude, and not just hers. Everybody at the funeral that had gathered for the mourning for Lazarus. And her sister Mary felt the same way. She said the same thing. If only you had been here. She said the same thing to him. But Jesus was grieved because they didn't believe who he was right then. They didn't know who was standing in their midst. And it produced the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? Because they didn't understand that the very one they believed could have done something if he had just gotten there sooner or who would do something later was standing right in front of them as a now, today Savior. And he wept. He wept. He could resurrect now. He could answer them now. He was not limited to yesterday. He's not limited to someday. He could do something today, right now. Now, you may be thinking, well, Jeff, I prayed for things and it didn't happen right now. But have you noticed that even if you don't get the fullness of your answer right now, he still answers in many ways right now. While you're waiting for the fullness of the answer, he strengthens you. While you're waiting for that breakthrough, he gives you peace. While you are seeking him for the ultimate answer, he guides your steps and provides for you along the way. He is there for the now. Even though the ultimate answer hasn't come yet, he's still with you in your now. Right now. You know, when you stop and think about it, someday faith is is easy faith because it's easy to say, well, yeah, Someday I believe that he's going to do this, that, or the other. Yeah, it's going to happen someday. In the meantime, everything's cool. I'm okay. But, folks, isn't it true that it's the today kind of faith, the rubber meets the road kind of faith that we need most? How many of you need God now? Not someday, not yesterday, now. See, I love what David said. He said, God is our refuge and strength, a help 
always near in times of great trouble. He's always near. He's always there. One of his names is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. He's there. He's with you in your home. He's with you in your struggles. He's with you in your battles. He's with you in the conflicts you have with people. He's with you in your needs. Is anybody out there today? I want you to know he's there. He's there. It's the today kind of faith that brings home the bacon, not yesterday, not someday faith. It's the today faith that brings peace in a storm, that opens that door that nothing else could open and resists the devil till he flees. It's today faith, now faith, operating faith. God is there in our now, and we need to believe that God can step in and will step in and answer you some way, somehow, now, now. Jesus wanted Mary and he wanted Martha and his disciples. Remember what he said, guys, it's it's good that I wasn't there because I'm about to show you something that's going to change your faith level forevermore. Follow me. And they said, but Lord, he's dead. He said, follow me. And he walked up to that tomb and he said, roll away the stone and let me get to that problem. Roll away the stone. And that's what I'm going to talk about next week. Roll away the obstacles that stop you from the answers of God. Amen? But right now, it's not yesterday faith. It's not just someday faith. Oh, I believe he's going to come again one day, and and my faith is intact that Jesus is going to come again, and, and the church is going to be called up out of here. I've got a someday faith. But you know what, though? I've got a today faith also. I, I, I've got a today faith. I need his strength today. I need his peace today. I need his presence today. I need his provision today. I need his breakthrough today. Some of you, your children have gone crazy. Your children have gone nuts on you, and your house is full of strife. You don't need someday faith or yesterday faith. You need today faith. You need a breakthrough God now. Some of you need a job today. You don't need a job someday. You didn't need a job yesterday. You need a job today. You need to pay those bills today. And I came with a word that he is with you today. He is a today God. He is with you in your struggles, with you in your pain. Can we stand up together today? Everybody say today. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Boy, I'll tell you what, when you followed Jesus around, you never knew what was going to go down. Guys, I'm about to show you something. You know, somebody said to me, if you could go back in the Bible and pick scenarios or uh, some of the stories that, that you could actually personally be there for, what would they be? That's a hard question. If you gave me three, I think one of the things I would love to be there to see personally was Jesus say, roll away that stone. And here's this huge funeral of mourners. As far as they're concerned, he's late. He wasn't trustworthy. He didn't answer prayer. He didn't care. They were believing in a dream or a fantasy or a myth or a fable. But then Jesus says, roll away the stone. Let me get to your problem. Roll away the stone. But Lord, It stinks by now. Most problems do. (laughs) Right? Anybody have a problem in here that doesn't stink? 
See, he, Jesus majors on fixing problems that stink, that look impossible. He said, that's okay. You got to let me get to it. Roll the stone of your unbelief away. Roll it away. Let me get to the problem that stinks. Let me at it. Move the obstacles that are standing there. We'll talk about that next week. But notice he called down in there. And a man that had been dead four days and nights came walking out covered in grave clothes. Listen, I wonder how many people on the spot had heart attacks. At least fainted. This is incredible, folks. This is unbelievable. I mean, we're not just talking about, think about what we're saying. A dead man came walking out looking like the mummy. He's covered in the grave clothes. And they went, whoa. And their faith went from here to here. And it stayed there. You know how I know that? Because Peter would, would raise somebody from the dead, and so would Paul. When they saw Jesus do it, they said, whoa, my faith goes from here to here. So he did way better than just healing somebody. Amen. Amen. The plans that he's got for you are not what you would work out. They're better. Let's go to him. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. If you need the Lord to break through on your life today, if you need a now answer, if you're struggling, if you've been saying to yourself, Lord, Lord, if only you had back there done this, that, or the other. Or, Lord, yeah, I believe that someday you can do something, but if you know you need something today, today, you need a today breakthrough, a now breakthrough, right now. You need God to move and answer and guide you and provide. I want you to slip out and come down, and I want to pray for you in this altar. Come on. Come quickly. I want you to come and say, I need it today, Jeff. I need it today. I need the Lord to do something today. I need a breakthrough today. I need an answer today. And we're going to pray for you and believe God for you. And we're going to ask God to do a miracle. Because, listen, how many of you believe he's a today Savior? He's a today Savior. A today Savior. Amen. Amen. Come on. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe God, and maybe you even need to come to Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know that He can break through on your life today, change you today, make a difference in your life today. I would encourage you, if you need Him, would you consider just slipping out and coming down to the altar and say, I need to be saved today. I need Jesus today. Because He'll come in today. He'll do something now. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be right then saved. Everybody scoot up here a little bit. Let's kind of spread out a little bit if we can. And I want to pray for all of you. Now, how many of you can say it has to do with finances? Let me just see your hand. It has to do with finances. How many can say with a home situation, a marriage or some kind of conflict at home? All right. And I don't know the rest. How many can say, I'm in a battle, Jeff. I need God to do something. I'm in a battle. Raise your hand. Amen. Well, we believe in a now Savior. See, now faith is. Faith is for now. Faith is for now. Faith is for now. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you right now. Let's lift our hands to the Lord, all of you in this altar. I just thank God. Lord, I thank you right now that you're a now Savior. 
And Lord, we give up looking in the past and saying, Lord, if only you had moved back then. No, Lord, we let that go because that's unbelief talking. If only you had done it then, if only you had done this, or if only you had done that. No, we are not leaning on a yesterday Savior. And Lord, we need something now. We don't need it someday. We need it now, Lord. We need now. We need an answer now. We need a breakthrough now. We need for you to move that mountain now. Bring up that valley now. Carry us through the fire now. Bring a breakthrough with those personalities in our life now. We need peace now, provision now. So, Lord, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to release the power of God on our situation right now. In the name of Jesus, now. Everybody say now. Lord, I'm believing for guidance and I'm believing for provision and I'm believing for an answer, Lord, now. In Jesus' mighty name. Now I want you to take your need and I want you to give it to the Lord right now. Just right now. Say, Lord, I give to you. I give it to you. I give to you this struggle. I give to you this situation. Lord, it's impossible with me, but it's not impossible with you. I want you to roll it upon him. I'm going to pray it. You go along with me, Lord, right now. We roll upon you. Now you fill in the blank. We roll upon you and you fill in the blank. We cast upon you and you fill in the blank. And Lord, we know that you're a now God, a prayer answering God, a God of the now. And now faith is, and now we believe you, Lord, to break through on that situation. And Lord, give us your peace. Give us your word. Give us your guidance. Give us your power. Give us your your victory. Give us your ability to overcome what is impossible for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you believe he heard that, I want you just to give him a wave offering. Just wave your hand. Just like this. Just say, Lord, I believe. I believe that you heard me. I believe that you heard me, Lord. I believe that you heard me. Let's worship a minute. I'm going to go down here and I'm just going to lay hands on a couple of them. Let's just worship. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. risen from the dead and he is Lord every knee shall bow every 
my strength is failing and I cannot continue. But I say to you, as your strength fails, my strength increases. For I am holding you up in ways you do not know. And I am making a way for you and I have heard your prayer. And you are not going to faint and you are not going to fail and you are not going to lose. For I, the Lord, am holding you up in my mighty hand. Trust me that I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. But I will carry you as I carry my disciples across the sea to the other side. I will carry you to the other side. You will arrive and you will arrive with joy. And you will see that the Lord has been with you and has carried you and that I was faithful to my word. Trust me and rejoice in me. You are not going down. You are going through in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.